0: Hey, This is Todd Mullen, senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thanks for taking time out of your week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. We've heard it said, right voices, right choices. But sometimes it can seem hard to hear when there's so many noises. It's the hustle to get into school or work, and then another notification on our phones, another task to do, another swipe, another tweet, another like, and just like that, another night staring at a screen. We're rushing and reaching and restlessly seeking for our purpose. We're here and there and everywhere, but nowhere near the contentment of direction we seek. <laughs> but there's one sound one sound that's the loudest it's stirred up in our silence quick to be revealed when we slow down it's breaking through the distractions it's calling for our attention it's the voice of God listen now Psalm 97.4 says the voice of the Lord echoes through skies and seas so powerful is his voice so brilliant and bright. First King 19 says his voice is like a gentle whisper. His voice echoes through the ages yet gently gives us insight. He's spoken through whispers and wonders burning bushes and palace walls through time and space his spirit his written word through his people all to bring us back to his heart the voice of god inspires us into action it guides our past and gets us into rhythm with his spirit Voice of God brings clarity and comfort. We're filled with his spirit when we're still in his presence. In the stillness, that still small voice corrects us, instructs us, directs us. <laughs> the voice of God puts miracles into motion. Those prayers we prayed with trembling breath in our voices and every tear shed on our faces never wasted because beyond the commotion is the glorious promise that God will turn what was meant for evil for good. The voice of God pushes us towards our purpose, out of our comfort zone and towards his throne. We're not hashing out our history. We're diving into our destiny. (laughs) When his voice seems so hard to hear, it's loud in his word, the Bible, a book that brings identity and instruction and invades every space. In our lives it's his first language held by human hands so we've heard it said right voices right choices and even though it can seem hard to choose when there's so many noises when we choose quiet over the commotion and choose to listen and linger in his presence voice of God will lead us towards a future beyond our wildest dreams.
1: And so true, our God is a speaking God. In Genesis, he spoke light into the darkness. In the Old Testament, he spoke through angels and prophets to give guidance and direction. When Jesus spoke, he spoke healing into bodies. And I want you to know, church, that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His voice is consistent, it is persistent. And I believe that whatever you are walking through today, He has a word that he wants to speak to you. So I hope that you came ready. Did you come ready? I want to hear it. Yeah. Hey, I want to welcome everyone that's joining us at all of our Christ Fellowship locations. Everyone that's joining us online through Christ Fellowship everywhere. Special shout out to all of our men and women in the armed forces. We're praying for you. We're with you this week. Hey, and would you just help me today to give a huge Welcome home to our brand new Christ Fellowship location in Boca Raton. We're so excited, we love you guys so much. We're praying for you today. Hey church, it's been such a great season, our fasting and prayer, and I have loved hearing all the good reports. God's just doing an incredible, incredible work. And and you know, we've been in this series about hearing the voice of God. And I don't know about you, but, I think Todd has been on fire these last couple of weeks. It has been incredible. And you know, last week he kicked off his message with this little hearing test and he told us all to raise our hands when we could actually hear the buzzing noise. And just so you know, I never got to raise my hand. And you may not know this, but um, but hearing does not come easy to me. I have to work really hard at it. Many of you know that I'm actually totally deaf in my left ear. And that comes with some challenges. You know, I, I unintentionally ignore people a lot. So you might see me in the mall and be like, hi, Julie. And I, I walk right by and like, she was so nice at church, you know? I'm like, I'm sorry, I just didn't hear you. Um, I also, you know, I, I also miss a lot of punchlines in jokes, but, but I'm almost a little bit nervous to admit this because I've never done this in public, but there's actually a few advantages to being deaf in one ear. You know, when I was a kid and, and my mom would come find me and I was getting ready to get in trouble and she's like, Julie, did you clean your room? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. And she's like, It's okay, honey. You know, and then sometimes when I'm at a big dinner conversation, um, a, di- a dinner table, and the conversation to my left goes into a direction I really don't want to go, I'm like, Oh gosh, I'm sorry, I can't, can't hear you, you know. But, you know, even this week, someone came up to me and said, Hey, I just wondering how is going, how is Todd enjoying his big kiss and a cup of coffee every single morning? And I'm like, what? And like, you know, the message. I'm like, oh. I'm sorry, I'm deaf in that ear. I didn't hear that, you know. So if you weren't here, make sure you watch last week. But babe, I'll try to do better this week. But you know, one thing I have learned by being deaf in one ear is that if I wanna hear clearly, there are some places that that are better than others to have important conversations. And Todd talked about this um, in week one of our series that, that it's the same when it comes to hearing God's voice. There are some places that are more conducive than others if we wanna hear God's voice clearly. And one of the places that we see consistently in scripture that God likes to speak is when people find themselves in places that they never actually wanted to be in. You know, we see this, that that specifically it's in a desert place or in a wilderness place. In Genesis, God led Abraham out into the desert to have a conversation about his calling. And then in in, in the Psalms, God spoke words of comfort over David when when he was alone and isolated. And then in, in the book of Daniel... When Daniel was living in the wilderness and the wildness of the Babylonian culture, God spoke words of life. He spoke these words of, and they gave life to, to people that would have actually been sentenced to death had he not spoken. And this is what, what our God does. And we learned in week one that, that there's, there's a deep meaning to the word wilderness in the Hebrew language. And the word desert and wilderness is actually midbah. Midbar, and it's the same Hebrew root word as the word speak, medabar. And what that tells us is that when in the Hebrew language that there's a connection between this wilderness desert place and God speaking. It's like he wants to take us to the midbar, the wilderness, to medabar, to speak to us. And I wrote in my notes that day, Um, because I'm taking notes and I know that all of you are taking notes because you guys got this note page on the way in and we've got some journals at your pop-up shops, at your campuses and we did this. We don't want you to miss one word that God wants to speak to you but I wrote this down in my notes. I wrote, what if the place that we're trying to get out of is the very place that God has prepared for us to hear his voice? Because here's what I know. Sometimes God speaks to us the most in the place that we want to be in the least. And this is really good news for some of us, right? Because we're in a wilderness place right now. You might be in a wilderness of pain. You might be in living in, in the aftermath of an unexpected divorce. And you're like, what am I going to do now? Or a rejection or, or something that happened in a broken relationship. Or maybe it's a bad doctor report. And you're just not sure what you're going to do. Maybe your wilderness is a little bit different. Maybe things just seem out of control. And you're you're living in the consequences of some mistakes that you made in relationships or maybe in your finances. And for some of you, your wilderness is is really this unknown place. You know, you're feeling a little bit lost because you've got some really big decisions to make and you know these decisions are going to impact your family and your life. It might be your college, your career, and you just feel like like you're in a wilderness place. And I don't know about you, but I think most of us can say, "Julia, yeah, that's me. I'm in one area of my life, I'm in a wilderness. And, and if you can't say that right now, can I just take a minute to prophesy over you? Because I don't mean to be a downer, but just wait a couple months, right? The wilderness is coming. We all have to walk through some wildernesses, right? And so I, I don't know about you, but you know, so, but I'm, when I'm walking in this wilderness, I have to I have to wonder sometimes if maybe you're struggling like I've struggled, because I know that God can speak, and I hope that He will speak, but. I'm wondering why I can't hear him speaking. And I'm wondering, you know, if he is speaking, why is it that I can't hear him? Which is a little bit embarrassing because this is kind of part of my job, right? I'm supposed to hear from God. You know, and if this wilderness is is actually this special place that God planned for us to have this really important conversation about our calling and our identity, why is it so hard to hear him Here, I mean, what, if God's always talking, what is it that's keeping us from hearing his voice? And before I go any further, I feel like I just need to address this just a little bit. I came up with a list. This is by no means an exhaustive list, but in my 35 years of ministry and what I see in God's word, I would say this is kind of the family feud top three answers, okay? So there's a couple of reasons that we have a hard time hearing his voice, especially in a desert place. The first one is disruptions. There is so much competing for for God's attention. It's hard to hear God's voice with the, with the nonstop alerts on our phone or the never-ending negative news or, or the pressures of life coming in on us. And that's why we set aside this time of prayer and fasting so that we could turn off the distractions and the disruptions and we could hear the voice of God. Another reason why we can't hear his voice sometimes is because there's some distance And this isn't rocket science, but you know, the further you get away from the source of a sound, the harder it is to hear. And this is the same with God's voice. There are times that that we're distant from his voice. It could be that distance can be created because because we just haven't spent enough time together, just like any other relationship. You know, and Todd said last week that consistency leads to expectancy. When we consistently spend time with God, we can expect to hear his voice. Well, I really believe that consistency also leads to clarity. The more time you spend with him, the more clearly you can hear his voice because you are close. But another reason that the distance the distance can be um, make it hard to hear God's voices. Is that sometimes something can happen in a relationship that disconnects us from that relationship, and that's what sin does. And when any time that that we tolerate something in our life that is it's ongoing, it's intentional, and it's undealt with sin, then then we actually we disconnect ourselves. From hearing the voice of God. And let me be very, very clear. Our sin does not silence the voice of God. He's still talking. Our sin does not silence the voice of God, but our sin does distance us from the voice of God. And and it, it, it creates this temporary hearing impairment. The third reason why we might not hear God's voice is because of disappointment. And this really happens a lot when we find ourselves in a place that we really don't wanna be in. We're just disappointed. And it's hard to hear someone that we're disappointed in. It's hard to listen. We're like, God, I prayed. I cried out. I asked for a sign. And you never sent a sign. I, I needed you to speak clearly. And you didn't show up. And we're just disappointed. We hear about other people the way they hear from God. You know, it's like day two of the fast and we hear that somebody's heard the audible voice of God and somebody else got the unexpected check in the mail and we're praying for financial breakthrough and they're getting this prophetic word like, you know, this is where you should go and what you should do and this just isn't our experience. Can I just tell you, that has not been my experience. And what I want you to hear is, Todd and I, we don't want you to miss one thing that God wants to say to you because there is nothing that will impact your future in a greater way than your ability or your inability to hear the voice of God. And so as we look to God's word today, if there was one standout expert in all of God's word that, that is like the ultimate spiritual wilderness guide, it would be this guy. Even if you're not familiar with the Bible, you have probably heard of this guy because you probably, if you're older, you probably watched the 10 Commandments with Charlton Heston. If you're a child of the 90s, it was the Prince of Egypt. And the person that I'm talking about is Moses. He was the author of the first five books of the Bible. He was the leader of the nation of Israel. And I wanna wanna read to you this passage out of Exodus 3, but before I do, I think it's important to um, to catch you up in what happens in chapters one and two. See, in chapter one and two, even though Moses, he's a Jew, um, he's actually living in, he grew up in the palace of the Pharaoh, because Pharaoh's daughter rescued him when he was just a baby. But as he grew up, he started to notice that, that the Egyptians were, were abusing the Jewish people and enslaving them, and, and this seemed unfair to, unfair to Moses. And so one day, he sees an Egyptian who is unjustly abusing a Jewish slave, and so Moses takes matters into his own hands. He kills the Egyptian. And you would think that all of the Jewish people were like, yay, Moses. But they're not like, yay, Moses. They're afraid of him. And so Moses actually flees. Egypt because his adopted family doesn't want him. He's being rejected by his own people and he flees and he goes into the wilderness. And so he gets into the wilderness. He's living in the consequences of his own mistakes. And it's been about 40 years and he's, 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 he became a shepherd on the hillside of a mountain. And there one day out of nowhere, this happens. Exodus chapter three, it says, now Moses was keeping the flock for his father-in-law and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, a bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside, God called him out of the bush. Moses, Moses, he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place which you are standing is holy ground. This is the story of the burning bush. And I love this story. There's so much to love about it. First of all, I love how it starts. He called when God says, Moses, Moses. His voice is persistent. God finds Moses even when Moses was not looking for him and he wouldn't have even known where to find him. See, that's what he did for Moses and that's what he wants to do for us. He wants to make himself known. And then God starts to have this conversation with Moses. He says, first of all, Moses, I want you to know, you haven't missed it. You may have made some mistakes, you may be 80 years old, but I want you to know that your best days are ahead of you. You have not missed my will, my plan, or my calling, and that is a word for somebody today. I want you to know that that you have made some mistakes, and you may think that your mistakes have made you, but you may have made mistakes, but You have not missed it. God has more for you in the days ahead. Like he did Moses. He begins to tell Moses that that I've heard the cries of God's people and and I'm ready to take action. I'm ready to deliver my people. And he's he's like saying, Moses, I know there's a problem and I'm calling you up to be the solution. And then the next several verses is like this back and forth father-son conversation between Moses and God. And Moses is telling God like all the reasons why he's inadequate and unqualified to be the guy for the job. Does that sound familiar? And, but, but, but God, I don't have time to, to read all these chapters. You just have to go back and read it for yourself because it's incredible. But bottom line, what God says to Moses says, you may not have the natural ability to do this. But I am a supernatural God. And when you say yes to what I'm calling you to, I will be with you every step of the way. So, guess what? Moses says yes. He answers the call. And you're probably like, well, yeah, Julie, of course he said yes. I mean, he had a burning bush for goodness sake. If I had a burning bush, I would be like, yeah, God, I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll go where you, t- I am who you say that I am, right? But, but let me just tell you something. You know, we all love those signs and wonders. You know, we love the times when God shows up and, you know, and, 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 and the big breakthrough and the, the financial breakthrough, the, the instant healing, we love the signs and wonders. But we, we would all love the burning bush. But let me just tell you something. You've heard it said that the devil's in the details. Well, in this story, God is in every single detail. And there's this detail in the verse that, that if you miss it, you, you miss the whole point. See, it says in verse two that the bush was burning, but it was not being consumed. The bush was burning, but it was not being consumed. And while we think that, that this bush on fire, that this bush on fire would have been a strange event, right? to Moses, he would have probably seen this before. Because when, when he was in the desert as a shepherd, it was, the, it was hot, it was dry, and it would not have been unusual for a bush to spontaneously combust. So this would have happened before. So what it says is that in verse three, it says that I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. See, here's what it's saying is Moses woke up one day, showed up for work to tend the sheep. He's walking along. He sees something that he's seen before. And it says he turns aside and that word turned aside. It's not like a head turn. When I looked it up in the original language, it means to change your path to change your course and your direction, to intentionally move your entire body to engage into a situation. So when he turned aside, that's when he noticed that the bush was not being consumed. And when he turned aside, God knew he had Moses' attention. That's when God began to speak. And when God started talking, because Moses started listening, this Common ground became holy ground. And this is what I want you to hear is that that God wants to speak to you in your everyday, ordinary life. But sometimes we just have to take a minute and turn aside and take notice. Our God wants to speak to us consistently and continually. You know, I think about my own life and and I remember. A couple of burning bush moments. I remember when I was, I was a very broken 15 year old girl and it was a Wednesday night. And I'd been to probably a hundred student services on Wednesday nights before, but that night, that night, God called me and I knew that I had to make a decision to follow him. And when I stepped into that decision, that decision impacted every other decision that I have made from that day forward until now for the rest of my life. It was a burning bush moment, but it was an ordinary Wednesday night. I could have missed it if I didn't show up. I think about when being in a hot tub with a bunch of kids, just a, a common Saturday night. And to be honest with you, I had, I had grown a, a little bit you know, heartbroken. And I was starting to lose heart because I was wondering if God was hearing my prayers for Jefferson. And I remember just sitting in the hot tub that night And Jefferson spoke his first five words in a complete sentence. And God spoke to my heart and he said, I am aware, I am intimately aware of every detail. And as much as you love him, I love him more. It was this burning bush moment and it spoke courage and confidence into this wilderness that I was in. I could have missed it if I didn't notice. You know, these burning bush moments, they're they're the worship song. Chains fall, fear bow when you're when you're in the worship service, and just for a minute, you believe it. You believe that that God maybe the chains of my addiction, maybe the chains that are holding me to my past, maybe just maybe they can be gone. And it's that burning bush. It's God speaking to you. Yes, yes. It says scripture that you've read a 100 times before, and, and it, but this time it jumps off the page. I am working all things together for your good. You are chosen, you are not forsaken, you are anointed, you are appointed. Some of you young moms and dads, you know, every night you're corralling your kids for bedtime prayers and you're wondering, really does this even make a difference? But the first time that child prays that prayer on their own, it's a burning bush moment. God is saying, I breathe value. I, I, I wanna just give you courage in the calling that I've called you to, to raise your kids, to love me. Burning bush moments happen every day. You know what Moses did to experience the burning bush? He showed up, he, showed, he just showed up to his job, showed up to his responsibilities. He was being a good son-in-law. And yes, sometimes sometimes God's gonna show up in incredible ways that give us goosebumps, that make the hair on our arms stand up, and it's incredible, and I love those moments. But can I tell you, in 35 years of ministry, I can count on two hands the times that those have happened. Most of the time, most of the time, the only difference between common ground and holy ground is our decision to turn aside to pay attention to what God wants to say to us every single day. See that burning bush moment became a catalyst a catalyst to Moses' calling. It gave him courage to step into the next season. And that's what we see in this next part of the story, that he steps into his calling and, and it takes. He, he confronts the Pharaoh. It takes 10 times and 10 plagues. And finally Pharaoh lets his people go and Moses parts the Red Sea and they're on their way to the promised land. But before they get to the promised land, guess what? God takes them to the wilderness again so that he can speak to them again. And he takes them to a place called Mount Sinai. And in Mount Sinai is when he gives the children of Israel the 10 Commandments. And actually, the 10 Commandments were just the beginning of hundreds of laws that God would give Moses. And see, this was the reason why. See, he gave them laws about their government, how to defend themselves, how to eat healthy, remember, These people had lived 400 years in slavery, in captivity. They did not know how to take care of themselves. So God gave them all of these instructions so that they would know. See, this instruction was for their protection. These commandments were not meant to restrain them but they were meant to release them into the life of freedom that God had for them. And can I tell you today that God's instruction is for your protection? That when he gives commands in his word, it is not to restrain you, it is not to restrict you, but is to release you into the full free life that God came to give you. Remember, God's instruction is always for your protection is so that you can live a life free of guilt, of shame, of the chains from your past. You know, I love this this next verse in in Deuteronomy. Um, Moses is talking about the importance of these commandments. See, Moses knows that after all of these years leading these these people through the wilderness, he doesn't get to go into the promised land with them. So there's this one point in Deuteronomy where he gathers everyone around this next generation because he doesn't want them to forget how important God's commands were. And he, and he pulls them in and, and, and he starts to speak this over them. He says this, he says, "'Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, "'and as for you, you shall love the Lord your God "'with all your heart, with all your soul, "'and with all your strength.'" And then this prayer goes on to say that, um, it goes on to tell them to teach your children. Make sure they know how important this is. Talk to them about it as you just walk along. Make it a part of your daily life. Put them on the doorposts of your home. These commandments are really, really important. And what I love about, again, the Hebrew language is that word here, is the, it comes from the Hebrew word Shema. And Shema means here. But just like so many other Hebrew words there's so much depth to this meaning. See Moses when he when he said this it wasn't just to hear the Hebrew definition to listen also means to take action to obey. See there is no separate word in the Hebrew language for obeying God's word. It's here. Listen and obey. Hear to hear means to it's two sides to the same coin. Listen and obey. So biblical hearing is really listening and obeying. And we see this um, also in the New Testament when James, who would have known this scripture, he says this, don't just listen to God's word, to these commands, but you need to do it. And this word, this word Shema is, is talking about obeying and hearing God's word that when we hear it, we have to step into it to obey. See, God speaks the loudest through his word. It's his first language. And when you're in a tough spot, sometimes you may be asking God for a word and he wants to speak to you through the word. You know, I've heard Todd say so many times before, you can't say that God is silent if your Bible is closed. But let me just give you a warning here. Because if you only listen to what you wanna hear, you're gonna miss what God wants to say. If you only listen to what you wanna hear, you could very well miss what God wants to say. Let me be clear. Nothing can separate you from God's love for you, but you can distance yourself from the voice of God. It's, it's like these noise cancellation headsets. You guys have seen these? We were on a plane one time and um, Todd and I had gotten separated um, and he was a few seats over and he had these, these on and I knew he was listening to worship music. And I could tell cause his foot started tapping. And then I heard a little bit of hmm, little humming. Pretty soon he is like full on Maverick City worship on the plane and I'm going, I'm going, Todd, Todd. But he couldn't hear me. He couldn't hear the very important words I wanted to talk to him about. Cause he had these on. It's the same way with sin, <laughs> right? See, God's still talking. We know what his word has to say about unforgiveness, but we're like, yeah, it's just too painful. I can't, I can't forgive. And he wants to speak a new word over your future, but you're too busy listening to old tapes. And then you think about what God's word says about lying and, and talking negatively and gossiping about people. He wants to speak to you about your relationships, but he can't get past all the toxicity. And we know what God's word says about sexual sin. We know what it says. And you're probably thinking, Julie, really? I mean, you're going there? I mean, that is, you know, I I understand that 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 was good for people 3,000 years ago, but man, this is 2020. Does God really expect me to stay pure in 2022? And one of the oldest tricks, actually the oldest trick that the enemy uses is to convince us That we know better than God. And see, God's word, God's word tells us that God hates sin. And it's not because he's mad at you, it's because he knows what sin will do to you. Sin will rob you of your joy, sin will destroy your relationships, sin will rob you from the freedom that Jesus paid a really high price to give you. But I think most importantly, he hates it because sin silences silences his voice in our lives. But here's the great thing, he doesn't stop talking even when we have the headsets on. He's still talking, all we have to do is take him off, ask God to forgive us, begin walking in a new direction, and listen to the new word that he wants to speak over our life, a new word of healing, a new word of hope, a new word of healthy relationships. That's what he has for you. That's what he wants to speak over your life. And can I be really honest with you right now? I really don't wanna stand up here and talk to you about sin. To be honest, I, I would much rather tell you how great you are because you are, but, As your pastors, Todd and I are so sick and tired of seeing the enemy rob you of the life that Jesus came to give you. So sick and tired of seeing the enemy take the next generation out with anxiety and depression. So sick and tired of addictions and habits robbing marriages of the flourishing love and joy that God wants to give you in your marriage. We're just tired of it. So it's worth it. And this is the deal. If if you're really serious, I'm not talking to everybody right now. Because if you're not serious about stepping into everything God has for you, I'm not talking to you. But if you're serious about stepping into everything that God has for you, if you're serious about stepping into the calling, that he has on your life, to fulfill the kingdom potential that he has placed in your life. I'm talking to you. And sometimes what you want to hear the least is what God wants you to hear the most. Sometimes what you want to hear the least is what God want, needs you to hear the most. So I just don't want you to miss it. And I really believe, church, that, that God wants to speak to you this week. Whatever situation you are walking through, whatever disappointment that you're walking through, I believe that he will speak to you this week. But we have to take a, a couple tips from our wilderness guide, Moses. And this is really my challenge for you this week. See, first of all, we have to watch out for burning bushes and we have to walk out what God's word has already told us to do. Watch out for burning bushes and, and watch out, and then walk out what God's word has told us to do. We have to watch out for the places that look like common ground, but if we stop and take a minute, we'll notice it's really holy ground. And you know, when you get a burning bush, make sure you take a minute and write it down. You know, I think that's the beautiful thing about burning bushes, that burning bush. I, I just read this this week. It blew my mind that that when, um, when God sent the burning bush, it was Mount Horeb. When God sent the 10 commandments, it was Mount Sinai. Those are actually the same two mountains. So when, when God, God, God spoke to him in the burning bush, where did he go? Where did God take him the next time he wanted to speak to him? to the same place. Sometimes we have to return to the place that God spoke to us. We have to return to the place God spoke to us. So when you get a burning bush, you gotta write it down. That scripture, you gotta write it down on some note cards and put it all over your house. Declare it over your kids. That worship song that that says, I am chosen, not forsaken, and you believed it, it, needs to become part of your playlist. God, wants to remind you that, 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 that scripture could also be your, um, your wallpaper on your, headphone, on your cell phone. So every time you pick your iPhone up, you're like, yep, there's my burning bush. I'm chosen, I'm not forsaken, I am who he says I am. He's got a burning bush for you, but you have to remind yourself and put yourself in the places where the burning bush burns, burns and he wants to speak to you. So the second thing we have to do is we've gotta walk out what God has already spoken from his word. We got to take off the noise cancellation headsets, no matter how uncomfortable or how out of date it may seem that when it comes down to a decision between my will and his word, his word's going to win. Maybe there's something that, that God's been speaking to you about even today, an area of your life that, that you know, you know that, you, that is, is, is contrary, contradicting God's word. And if you ask him, God, is there anything, anything in my life that I am tolerating that is contradicting your word? Believe me, he will speak to you. And remember, his instruction is always for your protection. As you follow what his word says, you're going to begin to draw close. And the closer you get, the clearer his voice becomes. Church, I want to pray two prayers over you today. And the first prayer is for all of us to step in with courage, to, to obey and to walk in what God wants us to walk in this week. And the second prayer is for some of you that may be here today and, and you hear us talking about God's voice and you know you need God's voice, but you've never actually stepped into a relationship with him. And this, what, everything we've been talking about, it's not just about God's voice, it's all about a relationship. He wants a relationship with you. And if you've never had one, or maybe you had one in the past, but you know it's not where it needs to be, I wanna pray for you. That second prayer is gonna be for you. So church, let's pray together. Would you bow your heads? God, I thank you that you are a speaking God and you want to speak to your people. I pray, God, that, that to, today, today that you would speak your word over your people. God, I pray for those who are are believing in this 21 days of prayer and fasting for for words of, of breakthrough. I pray, God, that they would hear your word. I pray, God, that you would give us each courage to step into all that you want us to step into and that we would walk courageously and confidently in everything that you want us to this week, God. We praise you for that. And the second prayer is for those of you that that want to start or restart a relationship with Jesus. And if that's you across all of our campus locations, if that's you and you're saying, Julie, I wanna start that relationship. I know I need God in my life. Would you just raise your hand? Cause I wanna see who I'm praying for. Yeah. Raise it really high. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna pray this prayer. You're gonna repeat it after me and everyone's gonna say it, but you're gonna say it a little bit louder. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me just the way I am. I want to hear your voice. I want to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. Forgive me of my sin, and the best I know how, I will walk with you for the rest of my life. It's in your name I pray. Amen, amen, church.
0: Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word more to 441441 and select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.